0: Just when you thought it was safe to go back to the beach. WCW Beach Blast. This summer, beat the heat with a barrage of buffards and voracious babes. Because WCW is cruising through the party down on the Gulf Coast. We're talking the Sizzling Slam Fest. One huge scene, a mega ranger. It's totally featured.
1: WCW Beach Blast, and
0: Beat the Heat live Saturday, June twentieth. Be there only on pay per view. Call your local cable operator for availability. It's the podcast you thought you'd never hear. It's this month in wrestling history thirteen. It's Beach Blast from June nineteen ninety two, and yes, it isn't June anymore, and we're six weeks late. But this is a free podcast to stop your bloody complaining. And with Daniel Phillips, don't know why I've gone full name there, Daniel. Not sure why. How you doing?
1: Very good, Stephen very good i mean i don't even call you steve let alone steven so <laughs> that is weird for me yeah uh, unlucky number 13 yeah uh, absolutely uh, it, 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 maybe that's the reason it's, it's delayed but uh we're here now we are here now absolutely and actually
0: I've, I've got a secret to show the listeners we've been cheating on them because we've seen each other twice in the flesh since we last spoke on zoom haven't we <laughs> we have we yeah. have
1: we've been fortunate enough to see each other twice yes and, An uneventful and, but,
0: wedding and a good
1: good night out at Criffee.
0: I think it's yeah, the, yeah. The synopsis, words yeah. Like
1: that. <laughs> but just to clarify, we 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 didn't talk about beach blast in on either occasion. No, we haven't. We've, kept, we, we've we've kept the excitement for now. We
0: had a few sort of knowing nods and the odds like very very <laughs> slight comment like just save it, just save it, just save it. So this event took place at the mobile. Oh, do you know what? I am have to say mobile, aren't I? Mobile Civic Centre, or is it mobile? Isn't it? So the the, the, so, the, so the the name of the town is different from if you're saying mobile phone, aren't you? Interesting. An interesting quirk of pronunciation there. Um, this is where Terry lives, I think, as well. So I'm, if he's listening, I'm very sorry for butchering your hometown. Anyway, it took place in the Mobile Civic Center, Mobile, Alabama, in front of 4,000 fans, according to the Observer, which was about 50% full. And first up, we got a preview where the announcer encouraged us to turn up the AC for the summer's hottest action with world championship wrestling he pondered on who might be crowned the first lady of wcw could the steiners send doc and gordy back to japan could the ring hold singing catchers jack and who would be the real iron man there's only one way to catch this sizzling slam fest it's WCW Beach Blast. So Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff were out first. Bischoff was wearing an unbelievably bad Hawaiian shirt. And I'm usually a big fan of these sort of outfits, but this was an awful mix of purple,
1: orange, and green. What did you make of this uh, this Bischoff shirt, and what did you think of the opening to the show here? So opening-wise, um, just actually a little quick note on it. It was, it was on the 20th of June, uh, 92. Um, The reason this podcast is late is because during June, England were still in the euro so you know so 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 this we, we made this late you see mm. if we were if we, if we were doing a podcast about this in 1992 we wouldn't have to worry because England got knocked out of euro 92 on the 17th of June yes so we would be completely fine if it weren't for that so there you go that's a little bit of a history lesson there
0: do you remember we you were went 92 out
1: or were you, too, were you too young for that no one? I was oh, okay I was alive but too young yeah I um... it, was, it was a bit of a non non well, it was the tournament that just to, for people, it's the tournament that the team that won it hadn't even qualified for. Yeah, absolutely. I think
0: Yugoslavia was there's basically a war there, and in the end, um, they they were kind of I don't know they were kicked out or had to you know had to say they couldn't couldn't. Uh, I think they're probably kicked out actually. Denmark came along. Now I do remember that Dan. Unfortunately, I remember Euro eighty eight. We did just as badly, and in the final game against Sweden. I actually gave up watching and started playing my Game Boy, uh, which I believe was Super Mario Land, something to do with Wario. I can't remember the exact. Maybe Wario Land, Super
1: Mario 3, perhaps. So you can remember that, but can you not remember three days later tuning into Beach Blast?
0: No, I can't remember tuning into Beach Blast because I saw a lot of my friends. It's funny, a lot of my friends at school around this time, particularly um, and 92 would have been just about to go into the final year of primary school a lot of my friends who are into wrestling used to watch the wcw worldwide show on itv which is on saturdays but the majority of the time as you know as you were in later years we were at fulham so i didn't see any of that stuff yeah, when i was a kid um, and even the saturdays where i wasn't at fulham i think i was forced to do homework or i don't know what was going on i just didn't it, i barely ever saw it but yeah so <laughs> go back to your notes uh, and start uh, the show
1: sorry yeah uh, sorry so and ju- just um Just a couple of bit more background. This is my pick this month. Uh, I just want to put it out there now as my pick. Um, And I picked it because on the little, uh, what do you call it? Little blurb, shall we say. Uh, It mentioned Bill Watts and Dr. Death. So that's just a little bit of a side of why this has been picked. Um, Secondly, uh, well, thirdly now, I didn't know that this is Terry's hometown. But I did have a look to see the famous residence. Mm. And this is the home of Winston Groom, who wrote Forrest Gump. Wow. I mean, it's the home of loads of people, but that. But however, that's just been top Trump because I'm going to say Coach Canova is is the main man from that area. Yeah, um, absolutely. The opening was very Simpson style. I thought Simpson style graphics, um, and then as you say, it cut to Shivani and Bishop. Can I just say they? Okay, the shirts weren't great. They looked great. Yeah, they in, look so young. Aren't own, they? they look young, but like quite healthy. And, Bischoff and, and was a very to, good looking man. Very good. I know. Good and he will go yeah. to JR in a bit. And it, just the same for him as well. Yeah. All three of them. JR looked younger than he, than he did on Mid South. Well, um, yeah, he did. I think
0: they've probably all been around the They've probably been in, in Mobile for a couple of days. They've probably all been around a pool somewhere loving life. Yeah. And they got a bit of colour and they're feeling good. Yeah.
1: They looked great. Yeah. So. Um, Oh, I didn't. I didn't mind the old wine shirt. I was actually going to wear sport one today, actually, for for, for this recording. And then, obviously, every so often, you realise that this is not a YouTube show, so <laughs> I could be wearing absolutely anything. Maybe
0: maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. So before we knew it, the two were joined by the man in charge of wrestling operations, Cowboy Bill Watts, and he said. He was so excited for this high-impact, tough contest. He said they were starting with the World Lightweight Championship and ending it with the World Tag Team titles. He said he's always believed in the lightweights, they have to use more technique than the super heavyweights. He then talked about the Ironman match and said that when two groups brought stipulations to him and they agreed with them, he was happy to do that. He said Paulie Dangerously and Medusa were banned from ringside and it would be settled between Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat in an Iron Man match. He also talks about the Falls Count Anywhere match between Sting and Cactus Jack and then through to Jim Ross, who was wearing an even worse shirt, I thought. Uh, before we get on to uh, Ross,
1: what did you make of Bill Watts' opening here? In contrast to Giovanni Bischoff and JR, Bill, on the other hand, hmm. certainly did not look younger. In the mid-south days. I would say given we're on 1985 at the moment, he he aged a lot from mm. 85 to 92. Um, yes. He looks a lot older. I mean, given, you know, in recent weeks, we've he's been in ring. Yes. Yeah. Um, and whether it's the fact of, you know, you know, not having to stay ring ready or as we have discussed in, in previous podcasts, the stresses of the stresses of 85 onwards. Yes. Um, but he's certainly aged. I noticed that he didn't have a one shot on, but he was sporting a bum bag or a fanny pack. Fanny pack, yeah. A, <laughs> and it was see through, and it had a wad of cash in it. Nice, nice. Um, which I just made me think like, so he's just gone right, got everything, phone. No, he wouldn't have a phone, would he? He'd just have keys, fanny pack. What should we put in there? Just wad of wad of notes, of cash, just in case. Yeah. Yeah, just a wad of cash in case. But again, that's that's life back then. Isn't it? You, needed, you weren't cashless society back then. No. Um, but yes, you know what? At the end of days, he's, he's uh, he was very mid south in regards to how he just pumped. You'd think every match was like good, like every match was like a main event. The way he was, the way he was selling it. Mm. Uh, you know, he wasn't. He was really bigging up each match. And do you know what? I don't knock him for that. Uh, no, no. I yeah, I, 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 I agree. He, yeah, good to see him. It's you know one, that, and if I needed to know that X amount of years later, so the reason we'd be reviewing it was because he was on it. So absolutely, I'm sure he'd be proud. Um, Ross
0: talked over stuff that we'd already heard from Shivani and Bischoff and then he introduced Jesse Ventura who was on stage in a sun lounge with four girls in bikinis he walked down the rampway and across the ring to join Ross in commentary he said he was a man that got the job done and he's pumped for Beach Blast Ross talked about the fans and at long last a wrestler was introduced for a wrestling match and a wrestling show and out first was Scotty Flamingo the future Raven and in an incredible pair of uh, purple cycling shorts with blue sides a black hat, a little bit like The Undertaker, and a ripped black and purple jacket. And he'd be challenging flying Brian Pillman for the title. What do you think of uh,
1: Scotty Flamingo's outfit here? I mean, I had no idea it was Raven. Mm. Um, because actually, when you compare, wow. I mean, they don't look like the same guy, does it? No. I thought he was a cool dude. I was like, who's this guy? I like this guy. I mean, I was a big fan of 1-2-3 um, kick and, and X-Pac back in the day. Yes, so yeah. it, he, it, it reminded me of that um i was like here we go who's this fella and then i thought you just it's hard to imagine like that that's raven and also another little note i had was the light heavyweight championship that they sort of showed it's quite a nice belt isn't it yeah it was golden, I thought, yeah. Gold, golden red really really nice uh a belt which i hadn't sort of really seen too much before um i guess it had a little bit like the old european title yeah it did sort yeah. of vibe to it um but yeah, so yeah, no, I was, uh, I was excited to see a bit of Scotty Flamingo.
0: Yeah, as was I. Um, basically, Ventura mentioned that Flamingo was undefeated in the lightweight division, that he'd earned his shot at the title, and Ross mentioned that Johnny B Bad would be the MC of a bikini competition later on, which Ventura was annoyed about because he thought he was the man for the job. There was lots of arm work early on with Pillman working over that body part to a reasonably tedious effect, I thought. Um, There was a bizarre spot where Flamingo, the heel, reached the rope to break the arm bar, but the useless ref didn't see it. Pillman went to the top rope, but as Ross explained, under Bill Watt's rules, didn't say that a jump off the top rope would be a DQ. And I remember hearing about this. We talked a on about kind of hearing about WCW. I remember thinking about when I heard this when I was sort of 11, 10 or 11, I thought this was just stupid. And I still think it was stupid now. Why restrict high flyers from coming off the top rope? It doesn't really make any sense. And um, this was much better in the second half of the match, but it still felt too long for me. Uh, Pillman went for a dive over the top rope and Flamingo. Pillman went for a dive over the top rope and Flamingo over. What? And he took a nasty-looking bump into the, onto the WCW ele- elevated ramp. Uh, which, I can't really...
1: What was that? It was like a plancher move, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, Pillman Pil- Pilman jumps over the sort of top rope, doesn't he? And he lands on the... You say on that On of, the elevated what, ramp, I would yeah. say that's sort of AEW style. Yes. Which, yeah. like, luckily got rid of. Um, ramp there, he lands on that. And as a result, he doesn't really recover from it.
0: Yeah, Flamingo then hit a knee to... That's my notes are terrible there. Flamingo then hit a knee to the ribs off the middle rope for the win in seventeen twenty nine. This was close to a skip for me, um, but I'm going to give it just an it was all right. Um, Uncle Dave gave it 2.75 stars. What did you think of this beach blast opener?
1: Okay, so we've got... Scott Flamingo Flying Brian, um, and we got a man called Flying Brian who, as you just touched upon, cannot go to the top rope. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he can only fly from the second sort of turnbuckle, should we say. Can't throw anyone over. You know, very restricted for someone whose thing is flying. And as a result, I just felt it was a match full of holds, arm bars, you know, just just constant sort of, you know, the sort of... Uh, submission moves that just wear you down not that you know not the big the big the big finishers the the ones that just wear you down and i'm watching you know and the other thing as well is there's, there's no mats on the outside so you know your name's flying brian and i appreciate that these guys are you know athletes and, and can take a bump and stuff but you know you they kept saying you know that's that's one of the things as well that they don't have the mats on the outside well that's going to restrict him as well you know he's not going to go and flip onto the concrete is he so very restricting for someone known as flying Brian. Um, then, then Flamingo started when he got on top, started doing holds. Um, and then obviously you had the classic, uh, pulling, pulling Flamingo shorts down. don't know if you saw that. There's some, um, strong Fong tan lines, which yes, yeah. be, don't, you, don't you just hate it when it happens? Yeah. When everyone, I really hate it. You, when everyone sees just Fong tan lines, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, there was one bit where Flamingo then tries to tag someone, which I just didn't really understand what that was. I had to look. At, I, I couldn't see that he's used to being in a tag team. Um, so that's a bit weird. But obviously, as we say, then, Pilman's dominating. He's knocking this guy all over the ring. Then finally, when he does go flying, he goes flying over that top rope, misses it, lands on this ramp, and that's it. Actually, yeah, that's the it. flying element of his thing. Um, lost in the match. Now that's the match for me and I'm putting down it. It was all right. Okay. Title change does it for me. However, this match um, brought in something that will be a theme for me on my reviews of each match coming up. And that was the front row. Okay. In the crowd. So in the front row, I'm thinking, go on, Bill, put on a good show. I'm not sure how they've sold the tickets here, but in the front row, you had four elderly women, a man with his son on his lap and two empty seats, right? <laughs> and it, this is for the opening match and I'm thinking, wow, okay. That is not great. Um, later on in the match, two empty seats were filled by a young couple, a man in dungarees and what I consume is his girlfriend. And a man in dungarees sitting next to one of this one of the elderly ladies who was in a white blouse. And... The minute he sat down to the end of the match, all he did was talk to this lady in mm. the blouse. They, they quite obviously didn't know each other. Um, now, stay tuned for my uh, updates of how <laughs> this relationship progresses through the course of this show. Because, and, and I'm not trying to take away from the show, but see, when you're just looking at that front row, you just forget, like, the amount of ones we've seen, we've got in the crowd are pumped, or everyone's buzzing. And honestly... You know, you say you've got a dad with like a kid on his lap, like four, like, like, oh, bless him, but four elderly women who are just sort of sitting there, very mid-south-esque. Yeah. But the difference in mid-south is the crowd's quite far back. So you can't really see it. These things, you, because the picture quality, is better. You can really see it. And also, particularly, you know, the map, this show's about to start nowadays do you think they'd ever let there be empty seats no they'd always fill they up. would just yeah. chuck someone in there yes they, so, they have anyway. that
0: at wwe events they always go they always put some people in, in and they get up and go basically because you sell yes. that someone's sitting in that like, oh i'm just sitting in for the camera basically so yeah, yeah yeah so anyway um stay tuned for that poor woman well. having her ear chewed off that is that's really really funny i actually got told off once for talking at a wrestling event you know chatting during a match when really? yeah, i yeah well um Plancy, just not...
1: clarify, this guy in dungarees he must mm. be in his like 20s she's clearly in her pff, 60s yeah but, but I don't, she's giving as good as she gets she's probably oh, thinking okay. she's probably thinking see it's the opening match two like high flyers which maybe she's a bit old school i've got this young fella chatting away to me <laughs> she's getting stuck in anyway stay tuned yeah, tell me about I, when you got told yeah off. so
0: i i've never this has never really happened i, I guess i guess if, I, I guess if a wrestling show is a tiny little bit like but is it probably a bit more like a uh watching a film or some sort of theater than it is um football match. like a football match or cricket match in that i think you kind of probably have to probably have to concentrate a tiny bit more but you but there is more conversations like oh what a move I'll, I think this is going to happen next. There's obviously going to be more conversation yeah. you would have in a theater, but there's this guy who I knew from Twitter and I think Mark would be able to tell me, and I can't remember. I think on the last original lot of WrestleMania trips we went to in 2007, I think we met him and this is going to sound bad. I can't remember, but I think, I think we did. Um, and I hadn't seen him for years. And I was, I started going to repro shows again and I, but I saw him and he just happened to be sitting next to me. So for the, the open tag, we were talking and, the guy in front basically said oh can you stop talking during the match kind of day? You mute- and
1: then Are you muted yourself then
0: oh yeah i know i was sorry i was just hearing the echo and i'm just trying various things while i'm talking so yeah uh, uh, apologies <laughs> if you're getting an echo on on the, on the recording it seems to be seems to be <laughs> yeah so but he actually apologized after that. but i think yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I, I probably wouldn't have done it <coughs> in the main event, but it's kind of one of those things where I think to really appreciate it, you've kind of got to be in it, I suppose, haven't you? But it's um, horses for courses because you know, the most thing is about having a good time, isn't it? So I'm interested just, just, in hearing do... more of these updates as we go Oh, on. don't
1: worry. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you are interested because you're going to be hearing about them. <laughs> um, just to clarify as well, another little Mid-South angle. Um, uh, What's his first name again? Scotty Flamingo. Yes. Loses loses the title a month later. Oh, who did he lose to, it to? To which mid South wrestler?
0: Oh, so I mean that's hard.
1: He's uh, a month later. Is
0: it Terry Taylor? No.
1: Um what about is I guess? It, can I have a clue, please. Uh, I guess the clue would be this guy everyone that you've had on said how good he is but yeah we never but we always like he's never like the best but they all say how good he is
0: Trying to think who kind of like a smaller guy who'd be in the lightweight division and everyone's
1: Um, always like oh you're so good
0: really uh i can't i can't really think you're gonna have to give it to me i'm afraid i'm gonna kick myself
1: armstrong Oh,
0: okay, yeah, okay. I, I know, I I, I do see it in Brad Armstrong, actually, to be fair. So, um, but so do
1: I, so do I, but do you know what I mean? But I know it's everyone from the time always... Oh, I see, that that. Mean, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, everyone always tells us that he's really good, but obviously he yeah. never really got, you know... But I don't, yeah, that's who, I think, that's who he loses to. Interesting. So, I think, I think the knock another, on... Another Bill, Bill, Bill recruit, maybe, I'm
0: guessing. 100%. I think the knock on him always was that he was always like a real fun guy and like um, very personal backstage, but I never translated on screen in terms of, terms of promos. Um, Ross asked Ventura again why he had a problem with Johnny B. Bad um, officiating the bikini contest. And Jesse answered that Johnny B. Bad should be in the bikini contest, not officiating. It. Strange answer, I thought. Ross said the upcoming would be the first of three situations with the ladies. And I must be honest, I felt a sense of pure dread come over me about what was about to happen here. Jesse questioned whether Bad liked girls. Ross confirmed in the affirmative
1: that he did. Bad I assume that's just to clarify. I assume that's why he said he should be in it.
0: So, Bad said that he was Johnny B. Bad, the bad man of world championship wrestling. He asked what's better than being a bad man, being at Beach Blast and being a bad man. Crikey, awful. Bad explained the rules. They'd be coming out three times. That's Medusa and Missy Hyatt. First in the evening gown, second in a bathing suit, and third in what he described as an itsy bitsy bikini. He then added, let's not sit down, let's get down. He then said people could vote on a 900 number and those in attendance could vote by applauding. And I thought this was dismal. What did you think of Bad's opening here?
1: So Johnny B Bad is Mark Miro. Correct. Who definitely does like girls. He does, yes. Um, Just to clarify for those that haven't seen it, Mark Miro in this, Johnny B Bad, shall I say, was the character... Created by Dusty Rhodes I, I've researched Okay um, The name is a nod to Chuck Berry Johnny Be Good Johnny Be Bad And the appearance Is a nod to Little Richard So for those of you that don't watch in As I'm sure you're aware Mark Miro is not black No Little Little Richard is So you can imagine what Johnny Be Bad looked like
0: yeah, he I hadn't was thought of
1: that. Slightly blacked up. Mm. So um, yeah, I mean look, we can't get too thin because we all saw that WrestleMania with um, with uh, what's his name. The... Can't say it anymore because it's gone from the network. Oh, they taking it off? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, um, but yeah, so Dusty Rhodes created that character. So not to Chuck Berry, not to Little Richard. Um, so you had Missy Hyatt in there. So no, she is Medusa. I went on her little thing. She was a wrestler, monster car driver. Yes. Professional monster car driver. And she's now the commissioner of Stardom, which is what you watch, isn't it? Is she? I didn't yeah. even know that. Wow. Yeah. Stardom, the, the Japanese ladies wrestling. Yeah, she's I've never the, seen her on She's it. the commissioner or something like that. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is cringing, just to clarify as well. Call to vote, 99 cents, ask permission for your parents. Right. Two questions. Number one, did you ever call anything? Did you ever call these lines, which I think we've said before we did with our um, club call and stuff. Did you ever ask your parents? Probably not. Secondly, if I am going to ring in and I'm going to ask my parents, I don't think I'm going to go, my mum, can I call into this thing? Yeah, what is it? I just want to vote that I think Missy Hyatt looks really, looks the best in a Nitsy Bitsy, (laughs) teeny-witty bikini. Is that all right if I waste a pound of your hard-earned cash voting in on something that is completely meaningless? Mm. (laughs) I mean, fair play to any kid that did that. Do you know what? Good on you. And I I rate you for that. And, um, you know, and when you do meet a girl, that's not how it works. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, this was uh, the bikini thing sort of took second fiddle to me uh, uh, over Johnny B. Bad's questionable attire. Shall yes.
0: Say. He brought Missy Hyatt first out in a white dress with sparkles over the top. Um, Bad said she looks so pretty. And apparently she said she knows. All right, big head. Next up, Medusa Kate, who came out in a one-shoulder cut-out wedding dress and long veil, holding some roses. I think I preferred Medusa's outfit here. Um, she had a great Medusa didn't even look well. like she
1: wanted to be there.
0: What did you think of the t- of the two outfits here? The first two outfits. Who would you give this first round to?
1: <sighs> Missy Hyatt. <laughs> yeah. I think Again, I Medusa just didn't. Uh... A, I know she meant to be the hill, but I've seen these things before. Like you know, like as as things developed, you know, like we used to have the. I mean, we've seen loads of them, haven't we? Like, particularly... See, I'd done my WrestleMania sort of blitz, shall we say, which, wow, was over a year ago now, uh, lockdown one. And um, there was quite a few of them sort of divas, you know, pyjama matches and stuff. And if you were the heel, you still made an effort.
0: Yeah, I, I quite like to dress that, to be fair. But then maybe that's just... Um... That's just me. I like the, the off-the-shoulder number from Medusa here. So I'm giving her the Sorry. first round. You're going to see
1: first round. Yes. Sorry, Gok Wan over there. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, bad through back to the commentary, Jessica. And Ross talks about the upcoming Great American Bash with Big Van Vader challenging, uh, challenging Sting for the WCW world title. Then they went to Shivani and Bishop again. And i got the overwhelming <clears throat> feeling that this was just about getting these guys on the show for the sake of it, right? For them, basically, for them something to do rather than actually adding anything to the show overall. Um, Next up, we had the tailor-made man. It's Terry Taylor, who's just left Mid-South. He's gone, as you'll hear about next week on the show that's upcoming. It's over. Terry Taylor is no Um, more in Mid-South. Yeah, absolutely gutted. Um, Yeah, sorry, spoiler. He's not on the show for me. I literally discovered that because I was thinking, not enjoying this quite as much this week. Where's Terry Taylor? And I realised he'd gone. Um, Taylor actually got a decent reaction here, and Ross called him a veteran. How old do you think Terence was uh, at
1: this um, point? But well, I'll have a or guess in a look? sec. One thing, I... no, I didn't look, but one thing I would say is that I thought he looked absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was not the Terry Taylor I know. Mm. I tell you what, I, I, I've put here. He's bulked up. Yeah, um, he reminded me. It, it, he's obviously the hit. He's the heel here, from what I understand, which. I struggled with knowing the Terry Taylor what I knew. Mm. However, he had that sort of look of reminding me of, um, you know, when Triple H was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes. yes. He had that sort of look. Um, and, but I tell you, honestly, I thought he looked great. Um, like to the point, I didn't even really, really recognize it was him. Mm. I think, I think when you had uh, um, Eric, Eric on and he'd he done that story, which I, I absolutely love, as you know, cause I'll say it loads, but we're like, he thought the belt was too heavy. Yeah. This guy wouldn't think the belt's too heavy. This was <laughs> he a machine. two belts, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, I do wonder, is this him saying, you know, let's be honest, I went around at the time, but that Red Rooster character killed him off. Must have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, this was post-Red Rooster, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Red Rooster was sort of yeah. late, late 80s. So yeah. I wonder if he's sort of gone, look, I've been a bit of a joke act. He's gone and bulked up now and whether, he, you know, he's still... First, 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 uh, swathe of, of, of supplements, should we say? But I thought he looked brilliant. So I, I don't know, I'm guessing, oh, if it's 92, 30, 37,
0: he looks great. Yeah, he looks really good. So he would have been 30 in the run that we've just seen him in. Um, yeah, so we'll I would have s-
1: thought mid he was about mid 20s, but actually, yeah, I would have thought again, so as well. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, if, if anyone that's not watched this, you it's I mean, you can see in his face, but physique-wise, it's two different people. Physique,
0: he was really, in really good shape, I
1: thought. It's yeah. two different
0: people, yeah. yeah. Ross talked about Simmons getting the keys to the City earlier in the day and wondered whether that would distract him in this match. Ventura asked whether that meant he would get a key to the bank, otherwise it was pointless. Um, Taylor was wearing some rather ugly, dark green trunks, whereas Simmons had on an exceptional luminous green pair of tights, which was very reminiscent of the Fulham 99-2000 away kit. Um, I thought this was alright uh, they kept it short with yeah. Simmons winning in seven oh nine 9 with a power slam and Simmons said afterwards he was proof that if you were willing to work hard you could be the best and basically he was going to be the world champion uh, Mel's gave us two stars I haven't actually rated this I've given it it was it was alright um, what did you make of Simmons
1: versus Taylor I'll put a Skip in here um, I'd have only done it's alright for Taylor but to be honest other than just looking at him I thought the match was pretty there's nothing it's really to I'm home about um so i i mean see so wins with the, Ron simmons we we spoke about him in previous podcasts about do, you know do we think this guy may be been underutilized because every time you watch this stuff he's dominant he looks so good um you know um and and it's it's interesting like uh, it brings back to the red rooster point because i look at ron simmons and i think i oh, watch this and go wow why didn't why didn't he kick on is that because when he went to wwf they gave him a character which you know put him in a tag team didn't they and or a group and then yeah. therefore sort of restricting what he could do and whereas Terry Taylor was the other way he'd he was at the stage of his career where he'd been to WWF and in my opinion and I shoot a lot of people they'd given him a character that messed him about which meant that he was at the other end where he couldn't come back from it I was, I was actually gonna ask you a question do you know any anyone you you can recall that went to WWF, got a sort of persona that didn't work and then went on to still be considered, you know. A massive A like, success. Yeah. Or I just think WWF can really, I mean, some people have changed their persona within the company, haven't they? So, you know, you, your Undertaker's canes. You know their original ones when what's it came was a dentist, Steve it? Austin's the best, Steve example. Austin. Yeah, so there's a, f- there's a few inside, isn't there? But I guess, really, though, I guess leaving WWF up until well, you had you had the time when you let when you would leave WWF to go to WCW. I don't was there, I don't think there was anyone that maybe was a underutilized or sort of gimmick wrestler in WWF that went to WCW and become. A champion was there
0: no I can't I can't think of a really good example and you're absolutely like now what you said is now in the head because a few people have gone like Drew McIntyre left WWF had a bit of a joke character there went around did a bit and came back and has been world champion but you're right until recently there's not really anywhere you could gone there's no one no. there's no obvious one I yeah. can think of in New Japan uh, and uh, AEW is obviously a relatively new thing so yeah I can't think of a particularly good example of that I mean they've killed a lot so, of people off but it, no one's ever necessarily I mean, come back
1: yeah I mean Vince, Vince says Vince you know really can make or break you really um and then i guess it depends how resilient you are um and then just my final point just a quick update um the bloke and dungarees (laughs) is now chatting with his girlfriend because the two that the elderly lady in white she was with that she was there with her friend there's four elderly women there but there's they were two groups of two as i've I've worked out and they had gone to get some food because they come there was two empty seats when the match started. And by the end of the match, they were both back sitting there with a beer, tucking into some chips. Lovely. A lovely again, time had by all. By again, no, again, no front row. They're just sitting there scoffing their faces, <laughs> like not reacting to anything, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So to me, again, some people might look, but I, I kept getting distracted because I was like, yeah, you know, something big would happen and people would stand up and they were sitting down because they were tucking into their, into their, chips. their chips. And I was like, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> anyway just clarify at this stage he's back chatting with a girlfriend nice okay well i look forward to the next update next
0: up marcus bagwell versus greg the hammer valentine in a bizarre crossing of generations match valentine was 41 here but looked 51 and bagwell was 22 but looked about 15 in the face just,
1: just to interject there that's so funny because that is this is the one match where i check their ages yeah for yeah. that exact reason valentine is a hard, <laughs> that's a
0: hard 41 Crikey. really hard very hard paper round and um, Bagwell missed the hilariously bad looking attempt at a running knee drops in the early going. And this set Valentine working on the leg to set up his patented figure four leg lock, which Bagwell kicked off. And then with the second attempt, he countered into an unsuccessful pinning attempt. Bagwell's knee gave out after a leapfrog, and Valentine got the figure four on and won by submission. Um, Weird booking here, really. Uh, I I thought this was all right. I've given this as... This was an all right match. Uh, It went 7.15. (sighs) Melts gave it 1.75. am I being generous here for the start of the show? What do you think of this Bagwell versus Valentine? Wow. Just generous. I feel like a generous move when I was... I was having quite a nice time. I watched it in this room. Nice
1: screen. The only other person that I think would give that more than a skip was the lady in white because she was tucking (laughs) into her dinner for the whole of that match. And her friend even offered Dungaree man a chip um, during it. And then when, when, when he won Valentine won with a figure four, minimal crowd reaction. Yep. But there was a little bit of crowd reaction from lady and white. She licked each finger one by one <laughs> to get all the grease oh. off. She was having the time of her life. She'd give it a, it was all right, but she wasn't talking about a match. She was talking about her dinner. As for me, the match i never got the valentine hype full stop yeah um so that's my personal opinion used to be like you know um you could get like a little hasbro figure of like valentine and stuff yeah i've had like mates that have said like oh i've got that one you, oh, yeah, i don't want it do you want it and i've gone like nah <laughs> uh, i don't even want it like, as you know i've got i've got i've got the four series ones that i view as the um mount rushmore of hasbro hogan warrior uh macho man and jake the snake with yeah. snake um and i have them on my on my home office uh, or as my children call it daddy's toys um <laughs> uh, also have kenny omega and, and and chris jericho but um not in box for anyone that's asking because i actually do let my children play with them um and so yeah so i never really got the valentine hype i mean it it felt to me like a mentor v student type vibe. Yeah, I mean Bagwell Bagwell's main offense was just counters, really. He never really got going. Which in reality, I mean, I didn't even recognize Bagwell to be honest. Like he'd be battering this Valentine. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I just didn't. I just didn't feel it. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know why you've got. I don't want to sound hard. It sounds harsh, but
0: I'm just not sure. Obviously, I'm not, we're not watching the promotion at the time, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, maybe if Valentine- there was a
1: bit. of context behind it maybe yeah. that might have made me a bit more interesting interested sorry but as we know back back then the whole you know like now pay-per-view every single match there's a there's a video before isn't there showing you yes why yeah. it's come about um there was nothing to say why that was on a pay-per-view no
0: and why is valentine winning, a, winning a pay- i just i just didn't really get why he was winning here next no. up one of the heavily promoted matches on this pay-per-view a fool's count anywhere sting versus captain shag Bizarrely, non-title, don't know why, an odd placement for this given the stip. Um, Ross said that Jack didn't care about putting his body in jeopardy to achieve his goals. He said he thought Jack was a mercenary and Ventura questioned Ross as to whether he thought someone had hired Cactus Jack to get to Sting. I thought Sting got a solid reaction as he came out with the WCW version of the belt that they introduced after Flair had left. Uh, This started hot with the two brawling on the elevated ramp. As the crowd cheered along, Jack went for an insane looking sunset flip as he dived from the ring apron over Sting onto the concrete floor. With the announcer stressing that there were no mats in WCW, which is another Wattsism. <laughs> Jack took bump after bump onto the concrete in this, in what was a scary but incredible performance from him. And Sting worked his nuts off as well. I thought the finish was a tiny bit weak, though. Sting kicked out of a double arm DDT. He recovered and hit a running clothesline on the ramp. He then went to the top rope and hit another clothesline for the 1-2-3 in 11-26. I would go recommend for this. Uncle Dave loved it and gave it four and a half stars instead of Catchers Jack, one of the gutsiest and most insane performances I've ever seen. What do you think
1: of Sting versus Catchers Jack? Yeah, I'd recommend. I really like this. Um thing I've mentioned before I never watched WCW so I'm sort of get, quite enjoy watching the Sting stuff now. Yes. Um and this is not the sort of match I expected to see Sting in.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and it's supposed to like it's a non-title match and they're constantly talking about that he's going to face uh, the Great American Bash face Vader. Um why would you do this? match before what, like, why again, for they the title say, I don't understand like, it yeah, doesn't make any not sense not for the yeah. title so, so you've got a big match coming up so then do it for the title at least yeah. like because because maybe you have to or something it's like he's done this voluntarily yeah it's, it's weird like it up. yeah I wasn't I, I didn't really get that bit um, I thought McFoley looked really young actually like Cactus Jack uh, it didn't make me laugh at Mick because so when you think about it he's got like them three characters but in essence they're all nutters yeah, like yeah, I know he's got the three characters, but it's not like one of them is like, I don't know, a technical wrestler. And they're all lunatic Like, like this happened to be Cactus Jack, but to be honest, you could have had any of the three here. Mm. Like they always used to say, Cactus Jack was like the hardcore specialist. Pretty sure I saw the other two get their fair yeah, share. Yeah, of. Yeah. Um, he's just like that. I, you know, I, I I I have a lot of respect for for Mick Foley, lots and lots of respect for that man. Um, just to clarify, you mentioned about the. That the the ending that ramp claims its second victory. I would say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mick Foley has been battered all around that ring, lands on that ramp. Yeah, that's it. See you later. I <laughs> wonder Pil- so that lap ramp has claimed Pillman, who was dominated. Yeah. Claimed Foley, who's literally been knocked all over the all over the place, falls on that ramp. What was that made of? I don't know, like- but it
0: was yeah, yeah. The Pillman one certainly looked worse than this one. I thought this
1: one was a little bit weak, but yeah, I know what you mean. The ramp claims another victim here. But yeah, but it was great to see Sting in this sort of type of match. Um, and I'll tell you what, the ladies loved the match. Yes. So much so that halfway through the match, they got asked to sit down. <laughs> right. And secondly, some points in the match, see, you wouldn't have noticed, but I got very excited because the action was right in front of them. Oh, very nice. And they were, they were pumped. There was no, there was no flirting with the younger dungarees guy here they they were fully involved fully so they, even got asked, they even got told to sit down by the stewards wow so you've got you've gone from a front row where people can't really be bothered to show up to now being told can you sit in your seat because you're getting overexcited." so <laughs> they were there for sitting you know, they put everything they had into it i think that that i've clocked it that's who they were there for yeah, yeah.
0: So they threw to Bischoff and Shivani again. And Shivani said he'd never seen anything like it in the nine years he'd been involved in wrestling. I just found that a very kind of unimpressive stat, like <laughs> nine, nine years. I mean, come on. Yeah. They then went to talk about, went on to talk about the upcoming thirty-minute Iron Man match between Steamboat and Rick Rude, with Bischoff surmising that Rude's heavier weight may not be the advantage that it would normally be in this type of match. And Rude, the U.S. champion, was out first, as the ring announcer explained that Paulie Dangerously and Medusa had been banned from ringside. Rude grabbed the microphone and said, "What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, out of shape, beach-loving bozos." Keep the noise down while I take my robe off and give you a good look at what a real sexy man is supposed to look like. He then revealed a body chiseled out of stone. What do you think of this pre-match from Rude? Uh, uh, yeah, and then he's, his, um, his unbelievable
1: he's, abs here as well. He's no Val Venus though, is he? Uh, is oh, he? <laughs> <Jesus>? <laughs> I mean, his body is in- ridiculous. 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 To the point of like, if like, if you saw it in a cartoon, you'd say that's silly. Yeah, no, no one looks like that. No one looks like that. That is ridiculous. Get rid of it. Like, uh, incredible. Um, to have that body for one one sweet day at Ocean Beach Club, I think I could probably die a happy man on it after that. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah, I've got, yeah, I just <laughs> to, be, to be honest, having looked at it, I mean, I, I was then just watching that and then. Uh, as you could tell, I then just spent the rest of it just going "hello, ladies," yeah. <laughs> and remembering Valvina. So it it, it made me laugh to two, two, twofold.
0: Yeah, it was it was good stuff from Reed here. Steamboat, but like you non- say,
1: just to clarify, another one. Why is it non-title? We're at pay-per-view. Here.
0: Yeah, again, doesn't make any sense. And you've got you've got Watts. You know, seven years on from that that mid seven, seven, eight years on from the kind of height of mid south in terms of his his run with the Midnight Express, and you think. What quite some of this booking and I think that the theme of that will continue as the night goes on and um, Steamboat was accompanied by what the ring announcer called WCW's first family that was his then wife now ex-wife and son there was a little clock at the bottom right of the screen and Steamboat went at Rude with his robe still on and Rude was 33 so really young and Steamboat was 39 uh, which is my age at the moment and um, from the She's June good, yeah yeah absolutely really young from the June 29th 1992, Observer Uh, Meltzer wrote, the outcome was pretty well guaranteed when they announced it It was a non-title match, which had never been made clear on television in the promotion. The storyline was pretty good, and both these guys are top-notch workers. Steamboat dominated the first fall, but Rude won with a knee to the chin as Steamboat charged and held the tights for the pin in 7.42. Rude won the second fall in 57 seconds with a Rude awakening. Rude was then disqualified in the third fall for intentionally coming off the top rope with a knee drop, um, Rude then went. It, uh, Rude went. It sort of basically was in three-one at one ten with an inside cradle. Steamboat cut the margin to three-two in six forty-nine by reversing Rude's tombstone part tombstone power drive into one of his own in a really well done sequence. During the sixth fall, Steamboat did a superplex while standing on the top rope, which Rude kicked out of. But eventually won with a bridge into a backside in two forty-three, which left them tied with just under ten minutes left. Rude dominated the next fall. The sleeper, but with thirty-five seconds left in the match. Steamboat kicked off the turnbuckles and crashed backwards into Rude for the pin. This was ridiculous since they spent the entire show trying to get over that coming off the top rope's illegal and then Steamboat comes off the top rope to win the deciding fall. With 30 seconds left, Rude hit a clothesline and near falls one after the other until the bell sounded and Steamboat was declared the winner back to me now ventura had a great line in this about rude still bumping and grinding even while injured um i don't usually like the format of iron man matches it feels incongruent to have so many falls and normalish length match however i thought the guys did a pretty good job in this and kept it interesting i like the early story with steamboat out of it albeit steamboat's winning pin was very weak and um, that said the afterwards bit with Rude going for pinfall after pinfall in the closing seconds was really great. Um, I would give this a low recommend, uh, but I, I think it's worth a watch just to see these two guys do a match of this type. Um, Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. What do you think of the
1: Steamboat versus Rude Ironman match? So I went, I went for recommend. Um, I said an interesting point, actually, that you said about the amount of falls in a normal length match. Um, when they said Ironman 30 minutes, I was happy about that. Yes. I, I, I find an hour-long Ironman match is quite difficult yeah. um personally probably because it's like anything we've discussed before you therefore know for the first half an hour nothing groundbreaking is going to happen by default you therefore get a lot of holds um which is something I've discussed before I'm not a massive fan of so 30 minutes I was fairly happy with and, and 30 minutes now is normal back then you were like you know 30 minute matches is a long time. Yeah. So, that, a lot of these
0: matches that you think are long, are probably like 14, 15 minutes, whereas we just yeah. got used to New Japan main events being 40 Correct, minutes every yeah.
1: time. Um, I so said the contrast to Rick, Rick Rude comes out, you know, stripping off and then Ricky Steamboat comes out bringing his family. I mean, could you, could you get more heel and face? Yeah. You know, like you get more cliche, he brings his family out. you got one guy stripping off and one guy bringing his kids, kid out with him. Um, just to clarify it, start the match, the guy in the dungarees, but this is an Iron Man 30-minute match. Okay. The guy in the dungarees and the lady in the white blouse, who from this point on, I'm gonna be calling the cougar in the white blouse. Okay. Began to talk to the man in dungarees. Right? 30-minute iron man match. Okay. I'll update you after 15 minutes. Um <laughs> Steamboat started attacking the ribs, which I think actually for an Ironman match, I I don't want to get a bit bored when they attack a certain area of the body, but in an Ironman match, completely makes sense. Yep. Right? Um, And actually Steamboat dominates for eight minutes, and then he gets one knee to the face, and he's 1-0 down. That sort of stuff annoys me a little bit. Mm. Um, Rude Awakening, 2-0. Can I just say, the Rude Awakening, I must have said it before, what a finisher, that is. Yeah, great move. One of my favorite ones. Rick Rude is not one of my favourite wrestlers, but that is a great finisher. Mm. I'm sorry because I—that's one I look at and go, that does look like it actually would hurt you. Yeah, 100, definitely. I really like the—I really like the Rude Awakening. Um, then he goes off the top rope, DQ, yet yeah, two one. Like you say, you then bring up the point that you can't do the bump and grind again. a Bit like with the Fong thing. Don't you hate it when that happens <laughs> when you hurt yourself and you yeah. can't do the bump and grind? It's so annoying, isn't it? Twist an ankle in a nightclub. I just want to bump around him. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, We're now 15 minutes in. Dungarees and the Cougar are still talking. They haven't stopped. She's got her arm around the back of his chair at this stage. Oh, nice progression. It is. The girlfriend's just sitting there thinking, what's going on here? Um, anyway, they're still going. Now, I actually missed the ones, The the the... the uh, 3-1 which i think you said was a roll up or something cora
0: yeah so he um, got he um he kneed him off the top to make it 2-1 yeah, I that. and then he rolled him up to make it 3-1 i think i
1: was watching i was watching the, the lady and the man um so it really was distracting me but can we just talk about the referee preventing this match going from 4-1 can we just talk about the fact that he on the second count pushed steamboat shoulder up Oh, I d I didn't catch that, I don't think. I rewound that a couple of times. Mm. I've never seen anything more blatant ever.
0: So he was coming down for the three can and Steamboat so wasn't looking like one, he was kicking
1: out. Two and then he pushed Steamboat's shoulder up. I really? shouldn't just say, No, you're meant to kick out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How interesting. And he pushed it. And this is Mickey Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> the referee. Um, you know, or the new Rick Knox, I'm thinking it is now, pushed him up. Honestly, go back, incredible. That's, I couldn't believe that's it. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. It's so obvious, all right? Then you've got the power drive reversal, 3-2. Then the reverse pin, 3-3. Three, three. So, reverse, reverse. I'm showing you he's being dominated at this stage. Then, then Steamboat pushed the ref twice. No disqualification. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned later on, he then come off the top. No disqualification. Yeah, that was a move on this, the top right, wasn't it? The pushback. This is the same ref that's yeah. pushed his shoulder up. So... I'm getting stressed by this stage. Mm. Um, You've then got Steamboat in a sleeper and he is literally practically asleep. I mean, he does what I think we all used to love doing when we used to play joke wrestling as kids, (laughs) the whole your arm drops twice and on the third it drops, you stop it and you pick it up and then you hold it. It's just great in it. I don't know if I've ever like, you see the odd one where the third one drops. It's quite rare, isn't it? I love it. But, he's practically asleep and the next thing you know he makes it for free and then gets battered around and survives five pin attempts yeah the guy was out he, he, he like, like <laughs> his arm dropped twice in theory weren't to believe it was out i mean i view i felt rick rude was robbed here <laughs> absolutely robbed here um and as you can tell i was very angry but honestly i would say you know please you know, I'm not going down as recommend, but honestly, please go back and have a look about, um, and have a look at, 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 at this uh, shocking officiating, fish by the of time. one of the worst I've seen. Um, but yeah, but again, for an Ironman match, I didn't mind it because it was half an hour.
0: Yeah, um, and yeah.
1: don't don't get me wrong, I know you know, might go, oh, what about these classic ones? This, that, and the other. Yes, I know, I know there has been some absolutely classic hour-long Ironman matches. But i tell you what, there's been some real sh- Well, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a classic
0: 60 minute Ironman match. So I think Bretton... Well, how long Donna was, Bret... was... Yeah, well, that's How not... long was...
1: Oh, no, because that was I Quit, when it? Bretton Stone Club was I Quit, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I preferred the Rock and Triple H to, uh, Triple H's Iron Man match to Bretton. I thought Bretton and Sean was really boring. And I thought I the finish was them. awful. Awful finish. Um, but half an hour, I'm I'm all for that. That's yeah, the, all right. Bailey and Sasha Banks did a really good uh, 30 minute Iron Man match as well. And um, next up was the second round, of the bikini contest, which wasn't really a bikini contest. Bad came out and said he was so outrageous, it was contagious. He asked to hear some noise, and the mobile crowd gave him a tepid response. This was the bathing suit round, and Medusa was out in a black and white style jacket covering a black bathing suit with a black hat facing backwards. The jacket was removed as Bad said, let's get loose and show that caboose. Classy from Bad there. Uh, Bad said next was the unbelievable Missy Hyatt and Hyatt didn't seem to know the rules here. She was out in a blue bikini, which Ross said in a creepy line defied gravity. Hyatt it out and back and she got a better response from the crowd. Presumably, as we said earlier on, she was the face in this. Bad said next up was the itsy bitsy teeny weeny bikini round. Um, thoughts on the second part of this wholesome
1: contest? Um again, Medusa like doesn't know what she wants to be there. I thought you were gonna say Jim Ross made a comment which is so unlike him. He said, There's a couple of things I like. I just can't put my hands on it. Oh about it-, it. Oh, just that is not that's not what that's that's not JR, is it? But you know what? You know what it is? He's there, he's got his Hawaiian shirt on, he's been out in the sun. He is He's a different man, isn't he? Didn't As we he said say something oh, a bit questionable about Anna Jay, though on on uh, Dynamite? Yeah, events. yeah. Which he apologised for, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's worse when you apologise. Own it. <laughs> say, yeah, I did say that. But, yeah. So the problem I now yeah. is okay, that with, the, with that sort of stuff, I think that. Um... Oh, there's it's so f- much because because there's 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 some people like me and you, and I'm sure everyone listening to this that that takes it as it is, i.e., okay, he's made a comment there about breasts or whatever. Okay, it it means because he's attracted to her. Like, is it right or wrong? Then there's some people that are using it derogatory, not nice, take it too far, you know. Because you are getting, it's what, like. Can you not just say, "Oh, she's a nice-looking woman"? I think the, di- the, the you know, is that the, wrong. I don't know. The, like, well, I think
0: the distinction is probably the fact they're colleagues. I think that that's the distinction. I think it's 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 it's, it's, the, it's the difference between the Richard Keys. It was just banter kind of thing versus, um, you know, in uh, not you know. What's what's the old Eric hitchbone line from the Office? I don't appreciate that in the workplace yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. i think that's that's the difference because so i think some of this stuff now we've you know uh, and it's all we you know we're all of, i'm sure in um you know 10 or 15 years time there'll be other things that we that our minds have kind of evolved on i think some of this some of this stuff just just doesn't age well and it's kind of like that that kind of creepy uncle at a wedding thing that makes yeah. you feel a bit like oh this is a bit awkward um Jesse and Ross talked about the great American Bash pay-per-view and pushed the forthcoming Clash of the Champions event also. Going back on that, I think if you heard some Jerry Lawler stuff from the 90s and 2000s, it would be like, yeah... Grim. Yeah. Um, next up, a special six-man tag match with Ole Anderson as a special referee. The first team represented the Dangerous Alliance was beautiful Bobby Eaton, Iron Anderson and the WCW World Television Champion, stunning Steve Austin. Their opponents, Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. And Rhodes had on an unbelievably garish yellow, red and blue sparkly jacket. Um, and this felt a bit like after the Lord Mayor show, given that we'd already had two big main events in Sting and Cactus and Steamboat and Road steamboat and who rude ross pushed the 900 number to vote in the bikini contest hard and jesse said he'd already voted four times desperate Rhodes, Wyndham, and koloff won this in a very long 15 minutes and 30 seconds when anderson was disqualified for coming off the top rope bizarre an awful finish skip skip and skip again and just felt like pure filler dave was generous and 2.75 stars what did you think of this one
1: I didn't have it as that much of a skip. I skipped slash it was all right. But a six-man tag shouldn't be on a pay-per-view. Maybe the opener, but not at this position, no way. Um, Just to clarify, by the way, I just realised I missed something for those of you interested. Um, They spoke the whole 30 minutes, Dungarees (laughs) and Cougar. Um, And the only reason I mention that is because um, she's not there for this match. I can only presume it's a freshen up. Uh, maybe maybe she's twigging she's in um yeah uh yeah i, I mean i mean it, i mean, the, the the things that stood out for me this weren't really the match you know that the, the, they spoke about the top rope rule a lot in this match hmm. um and you know as we said, it's, it's it's a Bill Watts idea, really. And and there was one bit, I think, where someone went over the top and they said, like, the ref's got to make a judgment call. Yeah. Where someone went over the top rope. And yeah, uh, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, there's one bit where Anderson smashed the opponent's head into his unsuspecting tag team partner on the, on the, on the side, which I thought was very effective. However, you know, I'm not sure it's great for them. Um, and then I also noticed that yeah, I quite like the Steve Austin, stunning Steve hit the stun gun. Yes, and yeah. I've never even twigged. Like stunner, is that all? linked? Is it all into stun the gun was his finisher there? Yeah, yeah. Stun so, gun. Yeah, yeah, but then, it, but then it was the stunner. Yes, yeah, yeah. Does this all stem back to stunning Steve? Uh,
0: possibly. Yeah, I never thought of that. I've Actually, never linked it. I was yeah, like, no, oh, what, no. that's weird. Yeah.
1: Um, Saying so, and then Anderson gets diskewed at the top right. I mean, it's just a rubbish rule. I assume the match was for future feuds, really. Um so, The yeah. only the only other couple of points I had was did like during it they'd done the bikini update. Fifty-one to forty-nine percent in Medusa's favour. Yeah. I I doubt it. I very much doubt it. That just it was just get people to like, phone up for the baby face, if you, if you want to change this, if you want to change this, vote like, ring in. Wow. I mean, this is yeah. this is pre, as we have over here. Didn't we have that uh, big debacle with Ant and Dec? The phone line scandal, yeah. The phone line <laughs> scandal. You know, I don't know if the American's equivalent. Just so everyone knows, that is where you rang in, like you do here, to vote for a winner or something. And then Ant and Deck, a comedy duo in this country, were presenting an award and they didn't like who'd won it, so they just picked who they wanted anyway. Um, <laughs> this is it's the long and the short of it. Um, the only other thing I'd say is Paulie dangerous, obviously, is, is you know, as a young young Paul Heyman. I just I just, just sitting there just watching, thinking Cornet Heyman and probably Bobby Heenan. Who's the best out of them three? Best manager Heenan, I reckon. I might be yeah. I might be uh,
0: in trouble for that on a on a kind of mid south related show, but I think Heenan was the, was the best. Yeah, yeah Cornet was I mean, an unbelievable I... heat machine. I think I think um Heyman was very good with Lesnar, but I think Heenan and Cornet are a step above, I think, I would say. I agree,
1: yeah. I agree. Um it's just sort of aside. Um uh, but yeah, a match I think to set Future Fuge didn't belong on this thing. No, but, no, uh, I agree. Got to see got to see Beautiful Bobby, which after yeah. you know podcast I've just listened to, you know, was quite a poignant watching it post. Yeah. Post that so
0: absolutely. Ventura said he was leaving the commentary booth the final of the bikini contest so we could get close to the women in a in a it's just a grim, a grim line. Bischoff <laughs> then interviewed Steamboat. Bischoff said it was a pleasure to see athletes of their caliber. And then Bischoff went on and on and on here before Steamboat finally spoke. Steamboat thanked the fans for sticking by him over the last few months. He said he finally proved to the world that this was his finest hour. Hmm. Ricky Steamboat former WCW World Champion, Intercontinental Champion, WF, and this was his finest hour. Ricky added he felt good about being on the top of his game and that the Dangerous Alliance couldn't dodge him anymore and he was going to be knocking on Rude's door for more US title matches. We've already talked about this. Why is this not a title match? Dangerously then got on the microphone and said he put on one of the greatest athletic exhibitions in the world tonight but he has had his last title shot ever. And then Steamboat was attacked from behind by Cactus. Jack and these two brawled in the entranceway before they were separated by security and referees. Uh, what did you think of this uh, segment here to, I guess, set up a future Steamboat and Jack huge?
1: Yeah, I mean, Steamboat is such a cliche face, isn't he? <laughs> he is. So cliche. It. Um, and it's weird seeing Cactus Jack's like a mercenary sort of, sort of here. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of them standard little little things to set up a future feud, which, you know, similar to the match before it. Yeah. Ross
0: said it was obvious Dangerously had hired Jack to take out Steamboat. He then threw to Ventura on the beach set and he said he was taking charge before Johnny B. Badd came out. He said there was a new sheriff in WCW and he was a bad man. Ventura said he was back there because he knows it's the finals and they're down to the itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny bikini parts. He asked Bad if he liked girls and Bad said yes and that he was just jealous. Medusa was introduced in a very patriotic outfit, red, white, and blue bikini, including some cut out tights that looked a little bit like chaps. Ventura made some sickening noises and then, in a pot calling the kettle black situation, accused Ross of being the creepy one, saying he wanted Medusa to come closer. He said that Medusa's lead had been up to 70 or 80% by now. Bad said they hadn't seen Hyatt yet. And then they said there was a problem. He went to the curtain and Missy said that her bikini had been stolen. Missy then took the bandana from Ventura's head, revealing a bald head and ponytail in the back, the ultra mullet. Ventura said that that must mean that Medusa was the winner. Bad peeked behind the curtain and said he didn't think Hyatt could come out like this, but that she was. Hyatt then appeared supposedly in a makeshift bikini made out of Jessie's scarves. This outfit was less revealing than the one she wore in the contravention of the rules in round two. Bad said it was obvious that the first lady of World Championship Wrestling should be Missy Hayek Medusa then knocked Bad's hat off his head and forced him backstage as Ventura said, whoa, what is that guy doing to her in there? Bad then appeared with one part of Medusa's bikini. Awful. Ventura then went through the curtain and said Medusa was definitely the first lady of WCW. Ross said the final results wouldn't be available until the main event television show on TBS tomorrow. Why did I ever watch wrestling? And this led me to having to review this. What did you think of this?
1: What a mess! It wasn't even funny. No, it wasn't funny at all. It was just it was dire, wasn't it? And then you got to wait till the next day to find out who won, anyway. Yeah, just so you keep the telephone uh, lines open. Just the only thing I did a little bit of research on this. Itsy bitsy teeny weeny. For our American guests, There was a song in 1960 by Brian Highland from Queens. Itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. There was also a man from Stockport in 1990 called Timmy Mallet. Yes. Who also also released this song. For those of you American people that don't know who Timmy Mallet is, Google him. I suspect he looks very different to Brian Highland. This is a man that used to carry around a mallet, a yellow mallet with a pink head, which can I clarify, can I confirm? I have a, I have one in my loft. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I absolutely loved Timmy Mallet. <laughs> he was, when I was a young child, he was at the height of his fame. And by fame, again, for those of you who don't know him, he's just a Wally, just a lunatic. Glasses, funny hat, funny hair. And he brought out the song It's a Bitsy Teeny Weenie Yellow Polka Dot Bikini um, in 1990. 30 years after your original by brian highland so there you go because when they kept saying itsy bitsy teeny weeny round, i was going this is 92 timmy mallet's song must have gone global <laughs> and then i researched it, and we had realized it probably wasn't timmy mallet's version that went global this was probably the actual american version that that, that set this up so there's a little fact for you what um, were the rules to mallets mallet do you remember Um, No I mean I have a friend Whose surname is Mallet And obviously as you can imagine He absolutely detests talking about this man Which is the exact reason why I went out And bought a mallet Uh, (laughs) 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 To wind him up But it's in my loft now Actually do you know what I didn't actually actively go out and buy it I was at a village fair And someone was selling Mallet's Mallet And I just went to the lady How much for that And she went I don't know 50p And do you know what I done I gave her a fiver and said, keep that. And she it blew her mind. Wow, but- well, she, she earned that money late in
0: oriented just was against uh QPR. That's going to date our podcast. <laughs> um, so in terms of mallet mallet, mallet's mallet, it's a word association game. So basically, there's this, there's this kind. So basically, you would. You would ask, so so you would basically say, "What's the connection between two words?" And the third person would have to, the, one of them would have to say, um, you know, let's say you were doing drinks, one would say something, 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 say another. The rules are: there's no repetition; the word must be associated with the previous one, um, and then anyone can challenge your word if they think it's not associated. And basically, on this kids' TV show, when the kid got it wrong, Timmy Mallet would whack him over the head with a foam mallet. Yeah. So yeah, that was Which the. Can you was, imagine now? Yeah, <laughs> that I was mean, the game. And excellent. I've yeah. replayed that on many school trips. You know those like stupid, like uh, neck uh, cushion things you used to get. That was many a thing on us on a school trip back in the day. Yet more filler next with Shivani and Bischoff before we got the World Tag Team Championship match in the Steiner Brothers and the challenging Dr. S. Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Ross said this was the most anticipated World Tag Team Championship match for many, many years. And he also predicted new Tag Team Champions after putting over how great a team the Steiners had been and how they had beaten everyone. So I'm going to lean on Mr. Dave Mouncer for this recap. So from the June 29th, 1992 Observer. Rick and Scott Steiner retained the WCW world t- t- Tatum title. titles, going to a draw with Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, which lasted 28 minutes and 22 seconds, which was, an- was announced a time limit draw at 30 minutes. It was both a good and a bad match. For people who have watched Japanese tapes and or are fans of amateur wrestling and actually understand the moves they were doing, it was pretty watchable. It was evident from seeing the fans live give no reaction to anything except weak pops or stunners comebacks. that the fans first have to be taught that these moves work and see different moves like crabs, armbars, spinning toe halves, etc. Uses as winning holds before fans can see them as anything but boring mat work. Fans also have no idea what to make of Gordian Williams. They're obviously not faces, but have never been pushed as heels except for that ridiculous Japanese costume in which fans didn't seem to react to. The wrestling itself was solid all the way through, although Gordy and Williams sold a lot better than the Steiners. The stuff off the mat was hard, hard hitting as a foundation for the feud to establish Gordy and Williams as a team on par with the Steiners and capable of beating them as the clash showed. This was probably a good idea to the Broadway, but it left the show ending on a flat note. So back to me, I just cannot understand the thinking behind booking a time-limit draw in the main event of a pay-per-view. It's just absolutely and totally nonsensical. Um, and yeah, it just was obvious to me that this should have been the third from the top match behind Steamboat and Rude with Sting in the main event and the crowd goes home happy. Um, what did you think of this, uh, this main event here? Um,
1: Which I'm going to skip for, by the way. It's a time-limit draw. Yeah. I mean, on the pay per view, and again, it's sort of like a setup, which I'll come to in my closing thoughts. But um, JR, big hype for this Mm. one. Big hype. I mean, and it's a big mid-south combo, isn't it? Here. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Death and and, and Gordy. Um, JR straight in. Took him, I reckon, 10 seconds to use the word four-time All-American from Oklahoma University um he can't get enough of saying that um <laughs> and he even mentioned his number 76 which to clarify i've been constantly looking for a number 76 Sooners replica oh really jersey. okay yeah yeah i'm always looking on these sort of like old websites you know like people that are because i'm thinking if i get as Sooners, because obviously in college football because the players aren't really there as long it it, it it seems like you tend to just get the number on the back as opposed oh, I to see. yeah. So like right now as as we speak, I'm wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey with nine Romo, um because obviously the players are there for a long time. Whereas yeah. I think in college, what I'm, what I'm what I'm understanding now is obviously you have you just have the number. So I'm yeah. just looking for I'm just constantly on, on the lookout. And actually the other point point uh, that um Jesse the body made was one point where he says that um Doctor Def hit one of the Steiners, like he was a Texas longhorn, not a Michigan Wolverine, <laughs> um, which is horns down, as we would say, Phil, wouldn't we? As uh, If you listen to this, I know, you, I know you're giving me a, uh, a high five there. Um, but uh, yeah, other than, you know, getting caught up in the Sooners, the chat with JR, which he absolutely loves. Um, I like, like that Jesse at one point says, Rick Steiner can't play mind games as he needs a brain. To which JR corrected him and said he's got a degree in education. <laughs> to which Jesse said that doesn't count. Um, the I've put down here. This is a wrestling match, like Olympic style. I haven't just seen the Olympics. You know, it's that sort of. Dave Meltzer has said it there at the start of his thing. If you're into technical wrestling, then you probably love this. Um, but there's a reason. Well, maybe, you know, this is why Vince made it sports entertainment, you know, made the change, right? Because actually half an hour of technical wrestling can be a bit of a slog. Um, Especially if, you, if you're not invested in the storyline and there's no finish. Yeah. So, I mean, the Steiners, I mean, I appreciate from watching all these things. They're a great tag team. That they're, they're what I assumed FTR would be like. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting to see, which, you know, before anyone says anything, I appreciate that FTR had a life before AEW. Yes, I understand, but I didn't see that. So, you know what I mean? I'm just, uh, that's what I'm waiting to see. I, that, that's what I assume they're like. I don't know, you know, not high flying, but just good wrestlers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought Gordy and Doctor Death looked a pretty good tag team, actually. Yes, so, yeah. So I think JR had a bit of good hype. They also got involved from like the apron, so like quite a lot, like just like hitting into the ring for like you don't really see that uh, very often. Um, but yeah, they had great chemistry. Uh, I must admit, there was two minutes left, which they announced, and Doctor Death went for a sleeper hold, which <laughs> blew my mind. Um, the time limit draw, yeah. I mean, I just felt that. It was a prelude to the Great American Bash, a lot of this. And yeah. even in the end of pay-per-view interview with Jara and Jesse, they talk about the Great American Bash, not what we've just witnessed.
0: Yes. Yeah, so uh, their number of pay per views this
1: year. So this is kind of an experiment,
0: but still, let you know, give the give the paying customers something
1: at the end, really, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, the the lady in white, she watched this one. Oh, did she? So, yeah, she. Maybe it's the main event. She showed a bit of respect, but I also wonder. I get the feeling maybe he pied her off. Um, maybe when she, you know, maybe when she went, when I thought she was getting freshened up, maybe she was going for a little cry or something because he had said, "Seriously, I've just spoke to you for a half an hour during this Iron Man match. My missus has had a word in me ear. <laughs> Leave me alone.
0: Yeah, you know
1: I mean, I've had enough chips. You know." Leave me. Can you get your hands at me, dungarees? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, it was a bit. I mean, I've, I mean, I've put it was all right. <laughs> I yeah, mean, maybe,
0: least, maybe, maybe, I mean, I'd,
1: I'd, I'd go for finally, finally, right, the tag titles. Great draw. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, if I just, just, just as a side um, to this, um, they actually, I don't know if, They were Def and Gord. Def and Gordy had a tag name, which is the Miracle Violence Connection.
0: Sorry, I just was. I just had sound play out of my speakers into my ears. I didn't hear that. Dan, apologies. So,
1: so, so, Def and Gordy's tag name was actually the Miracle Violence Connection. Oh, okay. Okay, I've not heard that before. Yeah. And they, shortly after this, they beat the Steiners to win the belts. Yes. And then, and then they went and won the NWA tag belts at the Great American Bash. Right, because okay, so there's two sets of tag so, team champs at this point. So, yeah. so when I watched this, I felt that they were sort of robbed a little bit. But actually, within the space of a month, they had won the WCW tag belts and the NWA belts, which apparently, I think I understand, merged them as one.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I've got I've got no problem with the, this match being a draw at all. Like, you know, draw a draw is is a thing that happens in real sports, and and it should be used from time to time in wrestling because wrestling is supposed to be presented like it is a sport, which is fine. The bit that I have a problem with is you can't main event a pay per view when there's so many obvious that Stinging Cactus Jack has to be has to be has to be. The main event, under all circumstances, is completely unacceptable for it not to be. Um, any any other thoughts on this uh, this main event before we do give our kind of final final ratings here? Uh, no, not really. No, <laughs> not really. I, mean, I I think I probably enjoyed the first hour or so a bit more than you. I enjoyed most of the first two hours of this actually, but. The last hour basically made up of a DQ and a very long six man, a time limit draw and a tag. Knock this down several notches for me. I'm going 4.75 out of 10 in my final rating. Um, what would be your rating
1: for the Beach Blast 992 show? I was, I had five. So very okay, simple. so we're very close. But, again. But again, just to clarify. I've given fives before and sort of been. Oh, that was tough. It wasn't a tough watch. There was just no, there was just bits watch. in it that like it was just bits in it that I was a bit like, oh, you don't need to be here and stuff. Like, you know, like, for example, I was, I'd like be enjoying a match and then I'd be like, oh, the ending might be disappointing or something like that. So it just knocks it down for me. Um, just a just as a side as well, we mentioned about sting and why would you, why would you do that match? He lost to Vader at the great American bash. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, and just as a, Well, i just make another little note as well. I noticed in the credits, because I I, I watched the credits, and I noticed in the credits that the senior producer was Virgil Runnels. Yeah. Dustin. Underneath it said, Assistance to Mr. Runnels. Runnels. Add a little section of credit, Assistance to Mr. Runnels. Five assistants. Five assistants. Five assistants. Are you ready? Go on. I'll start. I'll go in a, a certain order, right? So there was Janie Engel, talent relations. Yeah, I've heard okay. of her. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mike Graham, yep. who was a wrestler in AWA. Jody Hamilton, who was a masked assassin. He's just passed away as well. Yep. Yep. Yes, correct. Grizzly Smith <laughs> and Terry Allen. Ah, Mac and T A. Yeah, they were, yeah. Assist- they were his five assistants. They were his five assistants. They made assistants. the credits as his assistants. I don't even know what that means.
0: I mean, they were they were agents, I suppose, in terms of like producing. Or I if wonder like, if, yeah. in
1: essence, they produced the whole thing. Yeah, and he yeah. done nothing. He put his name on it and they produced it. <laughs> but they were the five assistants. Um, Match producers five... in terms of
0: working the matches, helping the rest of the matches, yeah. rather than technical producers. Yeah.
1: And obviously, for me, my final comment was. I'm not saying that the lady in white, she she watched the last match. All I'm going to say is, by the time before they'd even cut back to Tony and Eric Bischoff, she was already out of there. <laughs> the bell went. She was up and out. She well, we was didn't already see in who with. Yeah. She, she was checking her seat to see if she'd left anything, like any chips or whatever. She, oh no, who with? They had a little chat. Quick chat, and then she walked past him. Oh, okay. He bombed her off. So just to let you know, that love story didn't turn out. It wasn't the best love story in 1992, alas. I know. And yeah. they're out there somewhere right now. Bless her, she probably isn't. But he's out there somewhere right now, that fella. And I uh, I doffed my hat to him spending half an hour of his life talking to this. Old I wonder lady if, out on the day if- trip. If-
0: if he ever watches this show back and just like that was the best night of my entire life. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, there she is—the one that got away. The one that
0: got away. So we are we are going to do uh, July uh, this month in British history, and then thereafter TBC. Because I think it's probably fair to say. As the world opens up, as England opens up, I think both of our lives are a little bit harder now, aren't they, Daniel? So we're definitely going to do yeah. July, and then we'll see how it goes going forward. We might do some sporadic shows going forward. But next up is July. It's my pick. Um, and it's Saturday night's main event from July 28th, 1990, featuring the Ultimate Warrior versus Ravishing Rick Roof, for the WWF world title, Demolition versus The Rockets for the WWF tag team titles, and Mr. Perfect versus Tito Santana, the intercontinental title so a loaded show and that's coming up next month any final words we get out of here dan and where can people find you
1: online no final words from me um as i say we uh love doing this month for wrestling history if we if we if we if we stop next month it's been a good run ultimately the time we we spend recording these because it's locked up we're now spending together still but in the pub yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. we're not bringing the recording equipment with us. I have got um, a portable
0: mic now, actually, so we could. I do mean, one I mean, locations. it is
1: it is an option that maybe one day we do do a little uh, do one. I mean, you never know. Look, we're going to that. We're going to Rev Pro together. We could always we are, maybe yep. do a little little vlog. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, find me at DanPFFC, and uh, yeah, look forward to the next month.
0: Good stuff. Thank you all for listening as ever, and we shall speak to you all again very very soon. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating. Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at MidMoments on Twitter and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon.